0: Autistic people with quality of life and opportunity. You're listening to the Autism CRC podcast. This is the Autism at Work speaker series featuring pre-recorded audio captured during the live Autism at Work virtual summit event held in March 2023. Hear from over 40 local and international speakers, panelists and presenters, including neurodivergent employees and employers, as they discuss the important topics affecting autistic people at work. You can also watch this series on the Autism CRC YouTube channel.
1: We are back. I know, I'm annoyed to see myself again too. Anyway, welcome back my friends to this uh, Autism at Work Summit, and I'm Orion Kelly, and I'm here for our final keynote session of this two-day summit. We're getting very soon, we're gonna get to a couple of amazing guests, uh, Vanessa and Lucy from Social Cypher. Now, before I hand over uh, to Vanessa and Lucy, I'd like, actually, I'm gonna have a go. Vanessa maybe did this last time, I'm gonna have a go. Vanessa Castaneda. Vanessa Castaneda Gill and Lucy Stevens. As close as you're going to get, Vanessa, I apologise. I'd like to let you know there's an opportunity to submit questions at any time during the session. By typing your questions into the Q&A pane, you can access the pane by clicking on the Q&A tab on the right-hand side of your screen. Bottom line is, as you listen today, please, if things pop up, put them straight in there so we can get them through uh, through to us. And also, if you like a question, you can just vote for it by clicking on the arrow beside it. We'll get to as many questions as we can. We're going to be doing that straight after. We hear from two absolute forces of nature, my friend, uh, from Social Cypher, Vanessa and Lucy. Now, let's tell you a bit about them, okay? Lucy is the co-founder and creative director of Social Cypher, a game-based social emotional learning platform for neurodiverse youth and the professionals who work with them. Did you hear that? Now, this is phenomenal. Okay. She uses her artistic talent to help develop the look and feel of social ciphers, games and other visual materials. Additionally, as one of the founding members of the company, she helps to conceptualize the company and product as it stands today. Lucy and her team have earned recognition as Forbes 30 under 30s AT&T Aspire Fellows, Facebook Global Gaming Citizens, and most recently, how about this Lego Play for all Accelerator Fellows. Wow. Vanessa's mission is to bring her passions for art and stories together to help people. Vanessa works with a remarkable team at Social Cypher, develop story-driven video games to give neurodivergent youth a space, access, a safe space, accessible, empowering. Uh, let me start that again. A safe, accessible, empowering space to imply and understand social, emotional skills. Constantly curious, Vanessa is a believer in the power of play. All right, my friends. Here we go. L- Lucy and Vanessa, welcome, Vanessa.
2: Hello. And you also uh, did get you got the castañeda right. So I, oh, I'm
1: so sure happy that. to hear that, Vanessa. <laughs>
2: <laughs> awesome. Well, we're super excited to be here, and um, Lucy can. I'm going to share the screen, and Lucy can start us off with introing us.
3: Yeah. Thanks, Ryan. Um, great. Well, hello, everyone. Um, yeah. Thanks so much for tuning in. Um, yeah, so I think Vanessa and I are going to give, a uh, somewhat casual, but hopefully informative talk about, um, building a, uh, neurodivergent team. Um, our team currently is roughly about 50%, uh, neurodivergent. Um, so we're going to talk a lot more about, uh, how we built that team and, and how we maintain it. Um, so yeah. first we're going to, uh, give some context of who we are as Social Cipher and what we do. Orion, thank you so much for the intro. Um, we'll just get... A little bit more into that, Um, and then we're going to go into a little bit more of both of our perspectives on this. Uh, Vanessa is going to talk about uh, her perspective as a neurodivergent CEO in this space, which I think is uh, just really unique and really powerful to hear about this experience. And then I'm going to go into a bit of my perspective as a neurotypical teammate um, and also someone who is uh, uh, building this team, right? Someone who's like hiring folks and and, um, helping folks work together, and just like what I've personally learned, I think, uh, working in this environment. So yeah, without further ado, Vanessa, if you wanna kick it off. Yes, I can. Thank you for that overview.
2: Um, so to give a little breakdown of what our company does, um, as Orion said a little bit in the intro, we are a proudly neurodiverse team of experts that build social emotional learning games for neurodivergent youth. Um, we also create software that helps teachers and counselors build relationships with their students and track their progress. Um, Our game series is called Ava. That's the little pink haired space girl you see in the picture here. Uh, She's our autistic protagonist um, and serves as representation for neurodiverse youth everywhere. Um, Overall, the reason our venture exists is to help neurodiverse youth advocate for themselves, embrace their identity and find belonging. And that brings me to why I started this venture. Um, So this is me when I was 14. at, the, at that age, I was diagnosed with autism and ADHD, and especially during that time, I had a really hard time with stereotypes. Um, so for me, the only representation that was really available was um, typically like boys on TV who were cold and calculating and robotic had no ability to connect with people, and as many of us know, that is not true, but that was a st- stereotype that I had. So I felt like I had to conform to that mold. I cut off emotional connection with people. And as you would predict, I suffered from a lot of issues with depression, anxiety, and low self-esteem. And I hid my diagnosis out of shame for over six years up till age 21. And the ways that I ended up kind of getting over that were through finding community and, uh finding my passions, So really finding people that accepted and loved me for who I was and also falling in love with the music and movies and games that I related to and becoming a neuroscience researcher, all of those experiences helped me come into myself and start this venture. Um, but one thing that I found when I started this company, uh, was that navigating the business world was going to become an extension of this journey that I had growing up. It was going to be another fight against stereotypes in a system that wasn't built for people like me who are neurodivergent. So in my section, I'm going to share what I've learned from rebelling against what a typical successful founder is expected to be. And I hope that you'll go away with this, adopting some ways to rebel yourselves a little bit and make the business world a better one for neurodivergent professionals. So when we think of a successful founder, um, I intentionally used kind of silly stock photos here, but you're thinking of a guy in a business suit or someone wearing a hoodie who has all the answers Um, and someone who has these three qualities that I have highlighted here. So maybe someone that subscribes to hustle culture, which I will explain soon, um, who works the room, talks to everyone, knows everything. um, And of course is self-made in terms of their riches and their ability. Uh, I knew myself uh, that those things would not work for me, and that I wasn't going to fit into this mold as a woman, as a Latina, and as a neurodivergent person. Um, So, uh, through the years, my team and I worked to turn each of these qualities upside down and redefine them on their own, more inclusive terms for us. So that's what I'm gonna do. Um, So in terms of the first quality, hustle culture, um, for those that aren't familiar, hustle culture is an especially American um, kind of way of working. And it's this belief that in order to accomplish worthy achievements, you should sacrifice your own self-care and rest, put all of your attention into achieving your goals and just hustle until you get there, no sleep, no rest. and I actually tried to cling to this uh, when I was younger, because I felt that it would be the best way to prove that I belonged. Um, and even then, I could when I couldn't keep up with my workloads, I allowed myself to suffer in silence, because according to this culture, I thought it was something that I should just be able to handle, um, which was untrue. And the other reason that it's not going to work for neurodivergent folks like me is that when I was falling in behind in work, uh, you use productivity tools like planners or to-do lists, but those would just make me feel overwhelmed. And that's because a lot of traditional productivity tools don't work for neurodivergent brains. They were never designed for that. And on top of that, not to mention that prioritization of tasks can be super difficult for folks with autism and ADHD, especially. So when you're in this pressure, when you don't feel like you belong, and when you don't have the time and space to reflect on what your priorities are, everything, no matter how small becomes important, and then nothing in your work actually moves forward. Um, And with all of that kind of snowballing on top of each other, this can lead you into deeper imposter syndrome and autistic burnout, which is where your motivation, your executive function, and your feelings of belonging are all gonna be severely impacted. And you don't want that for your, your neurodivergent team members. So the way that we redefine that was in a couple of ways. The first was harnessing this autistic superpower of hyperfocus. Not every neurodivergent person has it, But when you're able to engage in the strengths and interests of folks, um, and you can delegate where a neurodivergent person can use their ability to get farther and faster, that's going to make a huge difference in motivation and in getting work done. Um, The other big thing that helped with us was reducing switching between and managing a whole bunch of tasks, being able to have buffer time between tasks because that's also an overwhelming thing for neurodivergent folks is huge. Um, in addition, you also want to have different ways to look at priorities. So maybe you can't naturally figure out a priority list. There are ways that I've checked in with Lucy to figure out what my priorities are from an outside perspective or where you can make diagrams or even equations where you can input numbers to help spit out an objective priority. um, so that you can get focused on your work and do what's going to move the needle forward the fastest. The other thing that I had to accept was that I need frequent breaks and a flexible work schedule Um, because my brain isn't going to work the same as everyone else's. That also means that it might not work at the same time. Um, And it also meant accepting and Perpetuating this idea that just because you are not putting in the full amount of time or at the same time as everyone else, it doesn't mean you're doing less work. Most of the time, it actually means that your work is more thoughtful and focused because you're doing it at a time where you're set up to thrive. Um, The last thing that we set up was a well-being culture, which we haven't actually named, but I named it this. Um, And it's this culture from day one where we have always encouraged teammates to gain self-awareness and learn when and how they do their best work. So we are always trying to create an environment where employees actually feel comfortable saying that they need a break, where I am setting an example and Lucy's setting an example and saying that, hey, we need some time to take out of this. We're feeling overworked. I want to do something interesting to me um so that was hustle when it comes to working the room which is the second quality that you'll find of a stereotypical successful founder um that is the extroverted approach to meeting as many people as possible at a networking event being very transactional extremely social full of small talk you know charming everyone you can gathering all the business cards uh there's a lot of reasons that this won't work for a lot of neurodivergent folks, especially me. Um, For a lot of us, sensory overload, especially in crowded networking events or rooms, is a thing. If you're trying to have a conversation with someone, it's really hard to maintain contact, uh, eye contact and attention um, when you have so much auditory and visual stimuli going on around you. And because of that, um, when you're, You know, diverting eye contact in order to pay attention, uh, people might misjudge you as rude, um, and they may treat you differently or think you're weird, and then that becomes an anxiety. Um, On top of that, you can have difficulty with small talk and social nuances or with understanding the intentions of the people that you're talking to. Or with a lot of neurodivergent folks, the case can be rejection sensitivity or difficulty approaching a group. And then when you add this pressure of this expectation to work the room on top of these difficulties with overwhelm and social nuances, um, it can lead you to feel inauthentic and incompetent in your networking and kind of make it unproductive altogether. So what we have done to rework the networking um, has been prioritizing the depth of our connections with others in networking over breadth. We believe that having deeper relationships and forming those makes you more memorable. It helps neurodivergent folks and introverts thrive a lot more and feel more comfortable in one-on-one situations, which helps you just gain much stronger networking contacts. Even if it's not everyone in the room, it's going to be the people in the room that you need to be involved with and talk with. Um, The other really important thing, especially for me to develop, was vocabulary for self-advocacy. So unfortunately, you can't expect everyone to be informed about neurodivergence and uh, the fact that if you're wearing earplugs or if you're not looking at someone in the eye, doesn't mean they're being rude. It means they're doing this to be able to pay pay attention to you. So I pre-designed scripts for myself and other neurodivergent folks um, to help you get out of conversations or to communicate why you're using certain sensory tools or different ways to leave gracefully from a situation to regulate. Um, The other thing we do is uh, I highly encourage that if you are sending a neurodivergent team member to a conference or event, you make sure that that space has a physical place or room for regulation. Or if you're holding an event, for a company um you're going to want to have some type of space and create it that physical space is going to allow for neurodivergent folks to take a breather to take a break from the overstimulation and to be their best selves um last thing is networking in teams so this is a picture of lucy and i uh tag teaming and an, an, uh at a conference and lucy is amazing at small talk and entering conversations she's also great at understanding just the intentions of a person. So she'll kind of set me up, and then I come in with the business knowledge that I know, and we just make a great team. Um, Yeah, so that's how it's worked best. And on that self-made note, this is the last thing, uh, the last quality of a stereotypical founder. It's this idea of being self-made, which I do not believe in personally. Um, I think that everyone that has done something great has done it with the help of a community that cares. And I think that achieving success through one's own efforts um, is something that's difficult and not something that everyone has to have to suffer through. So I think that this doesn't work for neurodivergent folks or anyone, frankly, because number one, it encourages masking, um, which if you're not familiar, masking is suppressing these behaviors that can help you regulate and feel better in order to appear like you have it all together, even when you don't. You can also be overwhelmed and pressured by the idea of having all the answers and the responsibility and the lack of emotional support. Not to mention the fact that if you, you're going to lack different viewpoints, different options and a creativity that a team would provide you. So we have turned self-made into community-made and we find that a lot more glamorous and glorious. Um, And the reason why is because we have a diverse set of viewpoints and perspectives, which means that we can bring all our life experiences our coping mechanisms and our practices to the table to create a team that is much more inclusive and creative. Um, We can be vulnerable with each other when there are tasks that we can't handle that we're not going to be good at and we've made it okay to be able to delegate those tasks to others and say you have too much. we're also very open to experimentation and really make sure that when we're hiring folks that they're open to non-traditional policies, like with our developer here who is wearing a plushie on his head. Um, The reason he's wearing this plushie on his head is because Joel here was having difficulty uh, communicating when he was on and ready to talk and when he was trying to get in the zone with his work, um, and he didn't want to be bothered. So I got him this plushie. It's a reversible dinosaur plushie, and the stegosaurus represents, hey, come talk to me, green light. Let's chat about work stuff. And then if you turn it inside out, turns into a triceratops, which means don't talk to me. I'm in deep work mode. So it's just fun and experimental things like that that can make a team a whole lot better. And now I'm going to give it up for it to Lucy to talk about how she built this team from the ground
3: up. <laughs> um, first of all, to be clear, this <laughs> doesn't have to wear it on his head. Um, <laughs> for it to work, he usually keeps it on his desk. But um, that picture is super cute. Um, yeah, thanks, Vanessa. Uh, so... Right, so I, I'm. I'll talk a little bit more about building the team. Uh, to be clear, this is also mainly the product team. Of course, we also have some really awesome folks that are working um, in sales and marketing and in other areas of the company that um, you know Vanessa primarily hires. But uh, I think this is just sort of this piece that I can speak to. Um, but yeah, no, I I really appreciate. Uh, yeah, Vanessa speaking to all these experiences, I think we've been doing this together for about almost five years now. Um, it's, it's been a minute and I was just reflecting on like, we've traveled a good amount, um, for work together as well. And, and yeah, and like sort of been to these networking events and done this and even, yeah, we were in Denmark for work as well. And, um, I think that's, yeah, well, like it's, it's really helped us develop, yeah, a little bit more of a, system of of doing a lot of this. Um but yeah I guess I didn't think about it You're like, oh yeah, I guess I guess I do kind of lead in with like a small talk and then Vanessa comes in it's like here's the company. So um you know we figure that out. But anyways, uh so yeah I'm just gonna talk I'll I'll try to keep it somewhat brief so we can um get to some questions at the end of this hopefully. Uh but yeah, I just wanted to talk about uh, the process here and then get into a little bit more of what I've learned, um, you know, speaking from the perspective that I think um, some of you watching may be coming from of you're like, okay, I'm a neurotypical person on a team uh, that's neurodiverse or, you know, want to get more people involved who are neurodivergent um, and hopefully speak to that experience because I think that is like also a part of this, right? Like I think it's, yeah, it's a, it's another piece. So First, just wanted to talk about, um, yeah, these sort of points on the screen. Starting with, starting from from hiring, um, obviously uh, you hire to build the team. But I think uh, folding in, um, you know, be, being uh, uh, looking for people who are neurodivergent into your um, job postings is something that we do from the start. Like we we for any position, we say, you know, if you are neurodivergent, you are encouraged to apply. All all neurotypes encouraged to apply. Um, but I think specifically calling that out is, is one, uh, important thing we do. Um, and then I think throughout the hiring process, we also try to be inclusive, um, and provide accommodation should people need them, you know, asking if there's anything they need, of course, um, you know, if that's like closed captioning, uh, for interviews or other sorts of things. But, um, one thing that we started doing actually, uh, because one of our SEL consultants, uh, brought it up was, um, after the interview, emailing a list of the questions to the interviewee just to see if there's anything that comes up when you're not speaking face-to-face um and and that we found that that's something that's actually really useful being like hey there's no there's no pressure here there's no more answers you need to give but uh would if this would work better for you and something comes up later please feel free um so those sorts of i think uh things have have been helpful um we also i think create an environment where people are like you know they do not have to disclose. No one ever has to disclose, but being like, Hey, if, if you are neurodivergent and that's like a reason why you're interested in working for the company or, you know, have this connection this passion, like giving people a place to talk about that, um, I think has, has been really successful, um, in helping us build our team. Um, so yeah, so I think it, it starts with hiring and then moving on to, um, you know, once you have folks on your team, I think communicating about supports has been, uh, just a really big thing, you know, checking in, um, seeing how people are, are kind of, uh, yeah, functioning in the workplace, what they need. Um, you know, uh, it, it's, it is a challenge, right? Like, I, I think that Vanessa, you sort of spoke to this earlier. Um, I think we've been really lucky to have a lot of team members that are very like on it with, um, their own needs, like recognizing like, Hey, this is, this is where I need more support. Um, one example of something that we have done is, uh, again, with, um, one of our SEL consultants, He's a psychologist this is his day job, right? Like you know, so he's, you know, dipping into working and consulting for us. We have we have a bunch of projects for him. He's working on a multitude of different things. And so to help with that, we actually work with him to design um, like a checklist that is just for him that we update. Um, and so that he can go to one place and see all of his tasks very clearly. Um, and he's not as familiar with like I think some of the other software we use. So it's it's just like easiest for him to have this checklist and that's like a, an accommodation we're totally you know willing to do because I think uh, there are so many different projects, right? And we want him to be able to do his best. So that, that's just an example of like a support um, that that uh, I think helps people work well. Um, but I think all this ties into, I think the the other points I have here too. Like um, I think stepping back and, and listening is just a piece uh, that I wanted to throw in here because I think that that is something that has really... Um, I don't know allowed us to be successful is you know especially as a neurotypical person like stepping back and letting people speak especially when they're speaking to their own lived experiences I think is something that um you know like really fosters a an environment um that that is conducive to communication and also um you know builds trust you know people trusting like hey my my opinion has weight um you know when I am speaking about like the impact this might have, or or my relationship to this, like that matters. Um, You know, I think that's something that we really, uh, yeah, try to try to put stock in and, and yeah, let people speak to their own experiences. And that actually has just been such a huge benefit for us, because there are so many little sort of like, anecdotes or yeah, experiences or things that come up um, while we're developing the product that are just like fantastic insights that I I think otherwise we wouldn't have um, understood or been able to incorporate into our games, into our products Um, that I I think, you know, part of it uh, comes I think from being comfortable being like, hey, I I can tell this story or I can talk about this thing, right? And people will take it seriously. Um, So I think that that's, that's one piece um, and then the fourth piece, uh, is, is just staying organized. Like, I think that, um, with any team, this matters, but, um, really like, I think breaking things down into pieces when you have tasks, that's been huge. We have a rockstar product manager who has been um, great about helping us do this, but, you know, I, I think like, especially early on, I think I was, you know, there's a lot of stuff where I'd throw things in S's way. And it's like, here's this huge giant thing, or this huge giant, like application or project or whatever it was and i I think that breaking it down into smaller pieces um maybe it's a no-brainer but i think that's something that like is is difficult to do well honestly sometimes and but it is just hugely important to keep um from overwhelming people on the team and, and keep things focused um uh also just sort of consistent reminders of how things um, tie back into goals, uh, and, and why they matter. Um, you know, I, I think especially, you know, producing a game, there's, there's times where you'll drop something and pick it back up like a while later, like it's going to be a minute later. And I think that, um, keeping very clear notes on kind of like thought processes and like, why is this important? And those sorts of decisions, um, has been, you know, helps keep people keep people kind of like on the task and and, and, and like understanding how it relates back to what we're trying to do. Um, Yeah. And then just like as a small thing, documents on documents is like a really big thing of like, it's so easy to just keep making documents when you uh, are are working on something and they're all like kind of the same, but slightly different. Um, You know, say we're brainstorming a a narrative arc or or doing something for the game. It's so easy to just keep making documents. And that just leads to complete confusion. Um, And I think that one thing that we've really uh, you know, had to drill down on is, is organization there, right? And, and making sure that our, our information um, stays in the same place and questioning if we need to make another doc <laughs> before that or if it can go on something that's existing. Um, yeah, so I, I think that's that kind of, yeah, summarizes my four sort of takeaways here um, for, for pieces. But yeah, just, you know, in, in terms of how it's built my capability as, as a whole, um, you know, like I, I'm, I'm assuming, I think a lot of you guys are already thinking like, well, a lot of these points do sound very, um, generally applicable. And I think that's true. Like, I think that a lot of the stuff that, you know, I've been talking about and that Vanessa, uh, has been talking about apply to, um, teams of all neurotypes, like uh, there's good practices, good practices to be organized. Um, you know, just trying to highlight, I think a couple that are particularly crucial, um, for the types of, of teams we're working with. Um, so it just felt like a great push towards clarity. I think, as someone who's trying to run this company and run this team, it's like, okay, yeah, we we do really need to be on top of this because, um, you know, things will get really scattered otherwise. So I think that's been that's been one takeaway. Um, and yeah, and I, I think to speak to uh, a point Vanessa made earlier, just sort of about the culture. Um, yeah, I think it's been great about you know figuring out how to prioritize what needs to be done even in, in terms of of people and like even in terms of like when someone is really struggling or yeah is sick or something's going on or uh, doctor appointments or you know sorts of things like really being understanding and prioritizing like okay like you know we need this to be done but let's look at you know how we could change the schedule to be to adapt to this, and I think that the other piece that has really been amazing that that's fed back around to is actually to me as a leader and feeling like you know uh, the team has compassion for me as a leader, like understanding if something um, was forgotten or you know like oh something got lost in the shuffle, okay let's bring it back or um, you know priorities like slightly shifting or things like that. Like I I have been truly. Like I've been I've been really amazed by like people's, I think compassion as we as we're, you know, best and are trying to like steer this this company and have felt very uh fortunate to have yeah, to have that sort of like level of compassion throughout the team that is that is goes the reverse way too. It's like um kind of mutual. So I think that's been fantastic. Um yeah, and again, just having people be able to share their perspectives. Like I've said, there's like a multitude of ways that that's been amazing. Um and I think having you know, neurodivergent adults, especially, like, you know, we do talk to and interview neurodivergent youth, and that their perspective um, is hugely important. And, and they're, you know, very articulate about their experiences. Um, but I think having neurodivergent adults who have, especially with with what we're making, right, we're, we're targeting middle school age students, we're talking to adults and like working with adults who have been through the system, who have been through therapy, who like, you know, sort of uh, understand these things, I think has, has been super insightful. Um, with the other side of like, I think people talking about their experiences, you know, is, is part of it, but also letting people talk about their special interests and what they're into has been like a really, really fantastic thing that one, uh, you know, has brought, I think brought, uh, yeah, that trust to the team, you know, or like kind of, kind of, uh, fostered that, but then also like I've learned about some really incredible, really interesting stuff, um, that I never thought I would, because, um, you know, so many people on our team are experts. Uh, it's a really amazing topics. Like you know, it's like every other week, Vanessa's bringing me something like really interesting that she's gotten super into. When I'm not bringing her something, I've gotten really interested in. So, anyways, I, I think that um, just the the wrap up there is, you know, being neuro- neurodiverse makes your team um, so much stronger. And uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's hopefully the bottom line takeaway that people walk away from this with. Um, so yeah, thank you so much. That's my
1: my final point there. hey thanks uh, Lucy that was uh that was fantastic. And you know Vanessa, uh, we, we've spoken in the past and I, I know that you know you have a, a real passion for for supporting you know younger people um and and I can only I can only assume that it's driven by your own personal experiences growing up. Um, is that is that fair enough to say that, that you know that the your your childhood your experiences growing up have really shaped you into what your what your whole focus or mission is today?
2: Oh yeah, most definitely. And I think those I think those experiences are continuing. I am like an ever changing person, and I think that the more I learn throughout my growth journey um, as an autistic person, um, just who I am and what I need from the world to feel safe and thrive, the more I can deliver that to young people as they grow up in this world. So, yep.
1: And yeah, the, one of the reasons why I brought that up is because as you can imagine, we have, uh, you know, at, for the, as a rule, adults watching this. And I, I've, I can tell you from being here yesterday and today, looking at the comments, there's a lot of people that are commenting that these aren't questions. They're just commenting They're parents of autistic kids and, and like, and I'm a parent of an autistic kid, and you know, like uh, the majority of us, we're we're worried. We're worried about our kids when they grow up and they enter the real world. and And a lot of them um, have talked about you know, maybe some of maybe some have autistic kids who are non non speaking, um, maybe some don't. And it, we just there's no one that's the same. And what really stood out to me was, you know, everyone every one of these kids needs their own Lucy. You know what I'm saying? Does, is is that a fair enough thing to say? <laughs>
3: honestly yes we are are friends
1: um see i guess what i'm saying is and vanessa talked about you know redivining hustle and networking i guess what i'm saying is and we'll we'll get to the we'll get to some questions in the q a pane if people can start putting there but this is actually really important because now let's say you're an adult and you're here for you know for the the working um content over the last few days but you're also a parent potentially an autistic child you're, you're going to think of things and i, I can tell you i'm an autistic guy I, I never networked in my life i don't know how to do it and i've worked in media in radio and tv and i'm the most horrific networker and it, and it's cost me opportunities um because i didn't have a lucy or i didn't have a you know someone there um to support me and i know I, I i like i know it's a i know you know it's 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 uncomfortable to hear lucy and it's making you feel a bit giggly but you know you have to understand that um, as Vanessa rightly pointed out, to network in a team or in a duo or, you know, with others, the support of others, this is just another um, another manifestation of an autistic person re- re- having daily support needs. That's what we have. We have daily support needs. And and the idea is I'm worried about my kid, um, you know, when they enter the real world. And I guess I'm bringing it up. It's because, you know, cultivating... Relationships with others, like-minded relationships, and then understanding that you know here, you know, here's Vanessa, uh, who is you know cultivating relationships, working with other people like yourself, and is achieving things that potentially herself, her family, or or strangers as a child may have, if we said what you've achieved, may have said, right, yeah, sure, you know, and that's that's the you know I guess the the challenge that a lot of the parents see their kids having. But I think in talking about the networking challenges and redefining hustle, I think you guys have brought up entirely appropriate points, which is that not only is it a team effort, but we have to sh- shift our mindset and understand that the daily support needs you don't grow out of and and cultivating these is super beneficial. Do you guys agree?
2: Yeah, I 100% agree. I think that uh, these daily support needs, they might, you know, change and evolve over time and they might look different, um, depending on, you know, your life and growth stage. But I think that there is a process, especially that, and I think I touched on it, but there's a process that you do have to go through as you're entering from, you know, school world to more of a business working world, which is, all right, I'm going to have to ignore, um, all the ways that I should be able to work and should be able to do these things and accept that this world is not for me and I have to just make my own little do-it-yourself accommodations. Um, And I think it's it's that phase of it. It's like a bump of acceptance that you have to go over. But once you can do that and once you can advocate for your own needs and say, Hey, this is what I need to thrive. Watch me. Um that's really where folks begin to shine and I think that instilling that in neurodivergent children um and saying like not everyone's going to understand it, but you have to just you know, advocate for it and make sure that you know what you need. Um I think that that's a really important thing to do cuz daily support needs do not go away.
1: Lucy, what do you think?
3: Yeah. I agree. And I, I think it's, I think it's a continuous, um, process. And I, I feel like part of it is a balance between like external checking in and Vanessa being like, this is what's going on. Um, cause I, I think that one thing again, like last, last spring we had back to back to back to back travel <laughs> networking events. And so I feel like by the end of it, I was like, okay, I think I got the pattern down of, um, like I, you know, again, this I know that we're talking about sort of a specific scenario, but I think I've, you know, started to kind of spread outside that too, and in, in other kind of situations of like, just checking in, okay, you know, kind of being like, hey, like I, I'm like I'm kind of like keeping an eye on, like, okay, this is this is kind of an intense, you know, scenario, or like a bunch of stuff just happened, and like you know, like and, and kind of just having a thing in my head of like, hey, like how's Vanessa doing, and like trying to reach out and like ask, um, just it doesn't need to be a big thing, just like an aside um you know, and then I think a balance too of then like Vanessa being like, uh oh, okay, this is this is feeling a certain way to me um I'm ready to go. So I think it's I think both sides have to happen um because like I think there are times too Vanessa honestly, where it's been like I think I've like sensed like I'm sensing that you're kind of getting overwhelmed and you might not even be there yourself where you're like, uh, you know, I'm just I'm just chugging ahead like I, I think that's that's part of it is like also um you know again like uh respecting autonomy and respecting that you know and understand yourself, but then sometimes occasionally just like checking in and being like, uh, I'm getting some vibes. Um, <laughs> how are things going? And I think having that balance of both sides.
1: Dream team, Vanessa. I mean, uh, every every autistic person longs for a person uh, that understands them like this, right? And, and and this is what you talked about. You don't achieve things by yourself and you, ne- you need these people around you. Maybe that's what people need to hear today. You know, the importance of neurodiversity in, in life and employment and work is important in many levels, you know, not just about pro- productivity and, you know, all the different outcomes, but also it's important to actually um, to provide everyone the opportunity to thrive and to shine. It seems like it works both ways. Is that is that fair enough to say?
2: I would say so. I think that, um, like, I think Lucy has left, has just been able to sort of make space for me and, um, mm both like emotional space and uh like physical space uh if you had not noticed in the pictures she is uh much taller than me (laughs) um so sometimes she physically makes the way for me um (laughs) but she's really made that space for me to be able to conserve my energy in a way that I can thrive and I can do what I'm best at. And I think I've been able to learn a lot from her in the ways that she supports me, um, to be able to check in with her and figure out, you know, where each of our strengths and weaknesses are. Um, so I think it just benefits everyone, whether you're neurodivergent
3: or not.
1: Can I yeah. share with you guys some comments? Sorry, Lucy, did you want to say something? That you was, go first. That
3: was just a, just a uh, it helps everybody. Like, I mean, I, to be clear, like, I think Vanessa is also, I, I, I get stressed and overwhelmed too. Right. And I think, it, I think it goes 100% both ways. So just to be very clear on that as well.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you, you're not, you're not a superhero. That's the thing too. Like the people that support us, the people that we click with, we have to understand we're both still human. I totally get that. Um I totally get. Though, though, though I do insist my wife remains a superhero, um, so she has to. That's contractually obliged, um. A few comments now. Omg, you guys are fantastic and inspirational. Thank you so much for sharing your journey. These are comments that are coming through on the Q and A pane. Presumably, they're confused what Q um, and A means. Not a question. Uh, again, confused what Q and A means. The dinosaur plushie is an example of the type of accommodation supports that neurodivergent people can come up with to manage their workplace needs uh, when you know management employers are open to really working together with their uh, their their ND staff um uh, another observation so this is not going well for the q a paint Uh, i often uh, find the communication style is clear i suspect it's a combo of hyper focus and also the way a neurodivergent person needs to understand themselves so again they're saying that it seems like another superpower to be explored the communication style of neurodivergent people and the final comment again not a question yet yet here it is in the q a pane um but as an autistic uni student this gives me such hope for the future job world for neurodivergent individuals so there's just some comments coming through guys
3: yay oh those are incredible
1: this one has just this appeared this fits right under the de bono six hat theory of teams i have no idea what that means it is not specific For uh, non-NT people, it is a characteristic of good teams, good leaders, recognising each person's skills and optimising productivity under De Bono theory. Everyone has diversity. I guess that's a comment, guys, is it? I'm not too sure. Um, And Lucy, how to stay organised in building a neurodiverse team?
3: Fantastic question. I'll let you know when I know. Um, (laughs) It's, uh, I think yeah i I feel like uh you know leaving back um limiting the number of docs i the number of sort of places where information can be found um has been a huge one i I think that like even just like we you know we've reorganized our drive and you know sort of kept these things but even even with that um i think that there is a certain amount of just like a gaping hole of of info <laughs> that um, people uh, get overwhelmed by and intimidated by. So I think that um, just as one thing we've done, um, sort of we made like a table of contents document that um, has relevant uh, docs and you know, any sort of info in there that we just keep pinned to relevant channels so that in our Slack, sorry, um, so that we can just, people can look and find a relevant information also like uh, this is maybe getting in the nitty gritty, but maybe this is what the question was asking, like having um, sort of spreadsheets where we can have different people check off that they have reviewed documents and, you know, gotten things to a certain stage so that they can make sure that they're very clear on, like, this is my next step. This is my next thing. Um, Those are just a couple of ideas. Yeah.
1: Yeah, cool. Um, Vanessa, people want to check you out and your work, people watching. What's the best way to check you guys out?
3: Yeah.
2: Um, so you can find us at socialcyphergame.com. Um, the cipher is with an I, um, and you can actually, yeah, sign up, uh, for a free account to check out some of the resources for our games. Um, there will be some kind of special offer thing going on for Autism Acceptance Month in April. So you'll want to be following our social media for that. Um, we're mostly on, um, Instagram and Facebook and Twitter at Social Cypher. And that's where you can find us.
1: And this has been amazing. Have you enjoyed it, guys?
3: Yes. Yeah. Wow. This is great.
1: Well, uh, Lucy um, and Vanessa, I appreciate your time, your insights, your hard work. Thank you so much. And uh, well, I I guess I'll see you in two years, Vanessa.
2: (laughs) All righty. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, guys. Thank you so much.
1: See you later. Bye. thank you Vanessa thank you Lucy that brings us to the end of this session before we head off we'd appreciate your feedback You can take a minute to complete the session feedback form you can access that via the tab on the right we're going to have a short break now it's basically like a morning tea I guess go and grab yourself uh, something to eat or drink have a bit of a break and I believe our next session starts in 15 minutes 11 15 uh, it's a workshop on how to start and an autism at work program. Okay, great. So that workshop is coming up at 11.15, I believe. Uh, if I'm wrong, forward all complaints to Andrew Eddie Untapped. Uh, to get there, please just click back to the homepage or the agenda page. You'll see the session listed there as starting soon. When you click on it, it'll take you the link to the session and you'll be ready to rock. We'll see you in a bit of time after a morning tea break. Thanks once again.
0: The 2023 Autism at Work Virtual Summit was proudly sponsored by DXC Technologies, GHD Engineering, La Trobe University, Untapped Group, ANZ and SAP. Autism CRC is the independent national source of evidence for best practice. For more information on Autism CRC or the Autism at Work Virtual Summit, head to our website autismcrc.com.au